We have some very important news. Buckingham Palace has just announced that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has died. She was 96 years old. The Queen died just a few moments ago, the announcements at Balmoral. She was the longest reigning monarch in British history and the world's oldest head of state. Her eldest son and heir, Charles, the former Prince of Wales, is now the king. expecting the news from Balmoral that she's having uh, treatment or that indeed they are unable to help Her Majesty anymore. A few moments ago, Buckingham Palace announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. The palace has just issued uh, this statement. It says the Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Within the past few minutes, Buckingham Palace has announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II.
on the statement. The Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King, that is Charles, uh, and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow.
inevitable that I should seem a rather remote figure to many of you, a successor to the kings and queens of history, someone whose face may be familiar in newspapers and films, but who never really touches your personal lives. I didn't have an apprenticeship. My father died much too young, and so it was all a very sudden kind of taking on and making the best job you can. It's a question of maturing in, into something that one's got used to doing and accepting the fact that here you are and, and it's your fate. It is very simple. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. My husband and I look forward eagerly to the series of visits we shall make next year in the Commonwealth, where we shall renew and extend the friendships which we value so very highly. It is extremely difficult sometimes to keep a straight face. When the Home Secretary said to me, there's a, there's a gorilla coming in. So I said to him, what an extraordinary remark to make, very unkind about anybody. And uh, so, you know, I stood in the middle of the room and pressed the bell and the doors opened, and there was a gorilla. <laughs> and I had the most terrible trouble in keeping, you know, he had short body, long arms. And, uh, and I had the most appalling trouble. Audiences are my way of meeting people without anybody else listening. And that gives one a very broad picture of what is actually going on either in government or in the civil service. Sandrium is um, an escape place, but it is also a working place and a commercially viable bit of England. I like farming. It's not very easy nowadays. I like animals. I wouldn't be happy if I just had arable farming. I think that's very boring. For every year, some 2,000 come to investitures at Buckingham Palace to be honoured for acts of bravery or to be recognised for service to their fellow citizens. They come from all walks of life and they don't blow their own trumpets. So unless, like me, you are able to read the citations describing what they have done, you couldn't begin to guess at some of the remarkable stories that lie behind their visits to the palace. You have to sort of work out in your own mind the hard work and then what you enjoy in retrospect from it of the people you've met. It's, it's quite an old-fashioned <clears throat> old uh, idea that you do um, put out the red carpet for a guest. I mean, I think people don't really re realise this, that, that, you know, I do tell the guests that, that we do put on our best clothes and everybody dresses up. And the best china and the glass and the, and the gold plate comes out, which otherwise doesn't see the light of day. So it's very nice to be able to, to use it and show it. All too often, I fear Prince Philip has had to listen to me speaking. Frequently, we have discussed my intended speech beforehand. And as you will imagine, his views have been expressed in a forthright manner. He is someone who doesn't take easily to compliments, but he has quite simply been my strength and stay all these years. And I and his whole family 
and this and many other countries owe him a debt greater than he would ever claim or we shall ever know.
gets all lost sometimes. Days pass, and this emptiness fills my heart. When I want to run away, I drive off in my car. But whichever way I go, I come back to the place you are. And all my instincts they return, and the grand facade so soon will burn without a noise, without my pride. I reach out from the inside. Oh, in your eyes, the light, the heat. I am complete. I see the doorway to a thousand churches. The resolution of all the fruitless searches. Oh, I see the light and the heat. Oh, I wanna be that complete. I wanna touch the light, the heat. I see in your eyes, in your eyes, in your eyes, in your eyes. Thank、you.
accepting all I've done and said. I want to stand and stare again till there's nothing left out. devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. In a way I didn't have an apprenticeship. My father died much too young and so it was all a very sudden kind of taking on and making the best job you can. It's a question of accepting the fact that here you are and, and it's your fate.
and what a genuinely warm welcome she got everywhere she went. A thousand mile round the world tour to the far flung domains of the Commonwealth, the first made by a reigning monarch. Germany's warm welcome to Her Majesty and Prince Philip, the first visit by a British monarch for over 50 years. Another royal tour, this time to Ghana. A lightning visit to northern France. Another port of call, another official welcome ahead. On to New Zealand, with a Maori choir singing a welcome. I don't think you can stay in London all the time. You have to visit other parts of the country to either find out what's going on or try and encourage um, people in... in uh, different areas, some of which have unemployment, some of which have new factories. And I think the possibility of meeting more people is very important. Set in motion the nationwide celebrations of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth's Silver Jubilee. 25 eventful and glorious years. is not a year on which I shall look back with undiluted pleasure. <clears throat> In the words of one of my more sympathetic correspondents, it has turned out to be an annus horribilis. Three of her married children, all having marital difficulties in the space of a matter of months, and then a fire in Windsor Castle, somehow almost suggesting a kind of divine justice uh, being meted out on the House of Windsor, quite literally the House of Windsor. I sometimes wonder how future generations will judge the events of this tumultuous year. There can be no doubt, of course, the criticism is good for people and institutions that are part of public life. New institution, city, monarchy, whatever, should expect to be free from the scrutiny of those who give it their loyalty and support, not to mention those who don't. But we are all part of the same fabric of our national society. And that scrutiny by one part of another can be just as effective if it is made with a touch of gentleness, good humour and understanding. This is BBC Television from London. Diana, Princess of Wales, has died after a car crash in Paris. The French government announced her death just before five o'clock this morning. In a statement, Buckingham Palace said, the Queen and the Prince of Wales are deeply shocked and distressed by this terrible news. Normal programs have been suspended while we bring you the latest news and reaction. Diana, Princess of Wales has died. Now we go live to Buckingham Palace for a tribute from Her Majesty, the Queen. What I say to you now, as your Queen and as a grandmother, I say from my heart, First, I want to pay tribute to Diana myself. She was an exceptional and gifted human being. In good times and bad, she never lost her capacity to smile and laugh, nor to inspire others with her warmth and kindness. Queen and Duke of Edinburgh are coming out now. The Golden Jubilee 
coincided with another difficult year for the Queen because in 2002 both the Queen Mother and Princess Margaret died so it was a difficult time in many ways for her. Change has become a constant. Managing it has become an expanding discipline. The way we embrace it defines our future. Well, just days after giving what has been described as a car crash interview on television, Prince Andrew on Wednesday in a statement said that he would be stepping down from royal duties for the foreseeable future. Tonight, Oprah's interview with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Accusations of racism at the heart of the royal family could represent an existential threat for this ancient institution. A statement was released on behalf of the Queen. The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Harry, Meghan and Archie will always be much-loved family members. The outbreak of coronavirus is now undeniably a global crisis and is now officially a pandemic. While we have faced challenges before, this one is different. This time we join with all nations across the globe in a common endeavour. We will succeed and that success will belong to every one of us. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, Better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. It is with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen has announced the death of her beloved husband, His Royal Highness, the Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. He is someone who doesn't take easily to compliments, but he has quite simply been my strength and stay all these years. And I and his whole family, and this and many other countries, owe him a debt greater than he would ever claim, or we shall ever know. When I was 21, I pledged my life to the service of our people, and I asked for God's help to make good that vow. Although that vow was made, in my salad days, when I was green in judgment, I do not regret nor attract one word of it.
picnic at Balmoral, which was taking place in one of the bothies on the estate. The hampers came from the castle, and we all mucked in to put the food and drink out on the table. I picked up some cheese, put it on a plate, and was transferring it to the table. The cheese fell on the floor. I had a split-second decision to make. (laughs) I picked up the cheese, put it on the plate, and put it on the table. And I turned round to see that my every move... Watched very carefully by Her Majesty the Queen. I looked at her, she looked at me, and she just smiled. And the cheese remained on the table.
would like a marmalade sandwich. I always eat one for emergencies. So do I. I keep mine in here. Oh. For later. Clothes-wise, does it look all right with the yes, background? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I mean, Johnny Lang would be awful if he said no. <laughs> <laughs> Something else. Of all the places in which Sir David Attenborough has filmed and of all the species he has studied, look. even he will admit his 90 minutes with the Queen in the garden of Buckingham Palace was something quite, quite different. From chatting about the trees the Queen planted for her children to joking about the noise of the helicopters in the skies of London. I was going to say, a sundial neatly planted in the shade. Isn't it good, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Had we thought of that, that it was planted in the shade? It wasn't in the shade originally, I'm sure. Oh. Message? Yeah, from Michelle. Oh, very really amazing. So, would you like to watch it together? Yes. Let's have a look. Hey, Prince Harry, remember when you told us to bring it at the Invictus Games? Careful what you wish for. Oh, really? Please. Boom. Canada's Justin Trudeau reminded her that he was the country's 12th Prime Minister to serve during her reign. Thank you, Mr. Prime Minister of Canada, for making me feel so old. Especially made for the ceremony by the BBC, it does suggest a royal arrival unlike any we've ever seen.
I was very, very lucky. Um, I spent 30 years at Buckingham Palace as a royalty protection officer. I spent three years looking after the Queen's youngest son, Prince Edward, mm -hmm. and then I spent... That was up at Cambridge? Yes, it was at yeah. Cambridge <laughs> University. Uh, that's where I first met Alistair. Okay. <laughs> and then I spent 13 and a half years as personal protection officer to His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh. And then I was lucky enough to spend the last 14 years of my career as the Queen's personal protection officer, a position called the Queen's police officer, until I retired. About in... her wit and charm, how did you find her? Oh, uh, I would give you 101 examples of her, her wit and her charm, and would you like some? Yes, please. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, please. Go for it, uh, Yeah, well... one o'clock. OK. <laughs> well, one of my favourite stories is when we were at Balmoral, and the Queen used to go up there in May to Crogowan House and just stay there privately for a weekend. And she would go up at lunchtime for picnics, and very often it would just be the police officer and Her Majesty. And one of the picnics I went out with her, we had a lovely picnic and a lovely chat, and then we went for a little walk, just the two of us. And normally, on these picnic sites, you, you meet nobody, but there was two hikers coming towards us, and the Queen would always stop and say hello. And it was two Americans on a walking holiday. And it was clear from the moment that we first stopped, they hadn't recognised the Queen, which is fine. And the American gentleman was telling the Queen where he came from, where they were going to next, and where they'd been to in Britain. And I could see it coming, and sure enough, he said to Her Majesty, and where do you live? And she said, well, I live in London, but I've got a holiday home just the other side of the hills. <laughs> and he said, well, how often have you been coming up here? Oh, she said, I've been coming up here ever since I was a little girl, so over 80 years. And you could see the clogs thinking. He said, well, if you've been coming up here for 80 years, you must have met the Queen. I and as it. quick as a flash, she says, well, I haven't, but Dick here meets her regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy said to me, well, you've met the Queen, what's she like? And because I was with her a long time and I knew I could pull a leg, I said, oh, she can be very cantankerous at times, <laughs> but she's got a lovely sense of humour. Anyway, the next thing I knew, this guy comes around, puts his arm around my shoulder, and before I could see what was happening, he gets his camera, gives it to the Queen, and says, can you take a picture of the two of us? <laughs> anyway, we swapped places, and I took a picture of them with the Queen, and we never let on, and we waved goodbye. And then Her Majesty said to me, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when he shows us photographs to the friends in America and hopefully someone tells him who I am. Oh, that's brilliant.
I speak to you today with feelings of profound sorrow. Throughout her life, Her Majesty the Queen, my beloved mother, was an inspiration and example to me and to all my family. And we owe her the most heartfelt debt any family could owe to their mother for her love, affection, guidance, understanding, and example. Queen Elizabeth was a life well lived, a promise with destiny kept, and she is mourned most deeply in her passing. That promise of lifelong service I renew to you all today. Alongside the personal grief that all my family are feeling, we also share with so many of you in the United Kingdom, in all the countries where the Queen was head of state, in the Commonwealth and across the world, a deep sense of gratitude for the more than 70 years in which my mother as Queen served the people of so many nations. In 1947, on her 21st birthday, she pledged in a broadcast from Cape Town to the Commonwealth to devote her life, whether it be short or long, to the service of her peoples. That was more than a promise. It was a profound personal commitment which defined her whole life. She made sacrifices for duty. Her dedication and devotion for sovereign never wavered through times of change and progress, through times of joy and celebration, and through times of sadness and loss. In her life of service, we saw that abiding love of tradition, together with that fearless embrace of progress, which makes us great as nations. The affection, admiration and respect she inspired became the hallmark of her reign. And as every member of my family can testify, she combined these qualities with warmth, humor, and an unerring ability always to see the best in people. I pay tribute to my mother's memory, and I honor her life of service. I know that her death brings great sadness to so many of you, and I share that sense of loss beyond measure with you all. When the Queen came to the throne, Britain and the world were still coping with the privations and aftermath of the Second World War, and still living by the conventions of earlier times. In the course of the last 70 years, we have seen our society become one of many cultures and many faiths. The institutions of the state have changed in turn. But through all changes and challenges, our nation and the wider family of realms, of whose talents, traditions, and achievements I am so inexpressibly proud, have prospered 
and flourished. Our values have remained and must remain constant. The role and the duties of monarchy also remain, as does the sovereign's particular relationship and responsibility towards the Church of England, the church in which my own faith is so deeply rooted. In that faith and the values it inspires, I have been brought up to cherish a sense of duty to others and to hold in the greatest respect the precious traditions, freedoms and responsibilities of our unique history and our system of parliamentary government. As the Queen herself did with such unswerving devotion, I too now solemnly pledge myself throughout the remaining time God grants me to uphold the constitutional principles at the heart of our nation. And wherever you may live in the United Kingdom or in the realms and territories across the world, and whatever may be your background or beliefs, I shall endeavor to serve you with loyalty, respect, and love, as I have throughout my life. My life will, of course, change as I take up my new responsibilities. It will no longer be possible for me to give so much of my time and energies to the charities and issues for which I care so deeply. But I know this important work will go on in the trusted hands of others. This is also a time of change for my family. I count on the loving help of my darling wife, Camilla. In recognition of her own loyal public service since our marriage 17 years ago, she becomes my queen consort. I know she will bring to the demands of her new role the steadfast devotion to duty on which I have come to rely so much. As my heir, William now assumes the Scottish titles which have meant so much to me. He succeeds me as Duke of Cornwall and takes on the responsibilities for the Duchy of Cornwall, which I have undertaken for more than five decades. Today, I am proud to create him Prince of Wales, to Wissog Cymru, the country whose title I've been so greatly privileged to bear during so much of my life and duty. With Catherine beside him, our new Prince and Princess of Wales will, I know, continue to inspire and lead our national conversations, helping to bring the marginal to the center ground where vital help can be given. I want also to express my love for Harry and Meghan as they continue to build their lives overseas. In a little over a week's time, we will come together as a nation, as a commonwealth, and indeed a global community, to lay my beloved mother to rest. In our sorrow, let us remember 
and draw strength from the light of her example. On behalf of all my family, I can only offer the most sincere and heartfelt thanks for your condolences and support. They mean more to me than I can ever possibly express. And to my darling Mama, as you begin your last great journey to join my dear late Papa, I want simply to say this. Thank you. Thank you for your love and devotion to our family and to the family of nations you have served so diligently all these years. May flights of angels sing thee to thy rest.
really good to be liar. Not even that Sad, sad, dear. No, she had a long reign, I'll give her that. Take my hat off. She has, she, has, she, has, she, has, she has a good innings, you know, so personally, but there's another one to take over. Life goes on. Personally, myself, I really always like the old family. Most of the people of Afghanistan know about the UK history, about the royal family, about everything. And the school, all my classmates, they all, they all used to talk about that, you know that. And always, you know, they all had a dream to go to UK one day, you know that. <laughs> to see Queen. Thank you. No problem, yeah. Enjoy the rest of I really don't care, like, I think there's much bigger issues going on in the world, you know. Like even as much as like the RMT have cancelled the strikes. I mean people are going on strikes, they can't afford to pay their bills, they can't afford to, you know, put food on the table. And you know, this has overshadowed everything. People are gonna die through winter because they can't pay their heating bills. You know, that's what should be the news, not the fact that the Queen has died. Guns going off. Very sad moment. The Queen, perfect legend. And I carry with me everywhere I go a picture of the Queen. And I'm so, so sad to see her go. Just look at grandmother to all of us. And she's completely missed. She meant everything to us. We're very big royalists. I'm going to cry. Uh, but yeah, we've just literally jumped on the train. She's the nation's grandmother and we should be paying our respects. Yeah, definitely. She was a grandmother, but she was also uh, the queen. But she had um, very difficult tensions to balance, but she did it. De acuerdo, en este caso, con los colores del luto nazi. Shit. The king's near Paddington now. We're watching it. Watching it. So it won't, so it won't be long before it's here. Because which way will be? It won't be coming down here, will it? No, it'll come this way. Come this way. Well, I think we'd better get down there. Get me phone. about being short, you can't say a thing. I know that her death brings great sadness to so many of us, and I share that sense of loss.
measure with you all. I too now solemnly pledge myself throughout the remaining time God grants me to uphold the constitutional principles at the heart of our nation. Change of the generation. Queen is gone. It's uh, hard to explain in words, but uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I guess we'll just move forward. I can see you're thinking, baby, I've been thinking too About the way we used to be and how to start anew Maybe I'm a hopeless dreamer, maybe I've got it wrong But I'm going where the grass is green if you'd like to come along Starting out, I always wanted more But every time I got it, I still felt just like before Fortune is a fickle friend, I'm tired of chasing fame And when I look into your eyes, I know you feel the same
Lane where the hills are green and the cars are few and far. Days are full of splendor and at night you can see the stars. Life's been moving oh so fast. I think we should take it slow. Rest our heads upon the grass and listen to it grow.